Jesus! Hello everyone, so we are recording virtually again for the first time in a bit, and boy, the adjustment of technology is a bit like pulling spiders out of your urethra. I can't remember how anything fucking works. Man, I can't even remember how things on my... Alright, so normally they put advertisements at start of podcasts. I'm gonna do an anti-advertisement. Micro Center can suck my entire dick. <laughs> They basically held my laptop for two months with a litany of different excuses, and I actually don't begrudge them the individual fuck-ups because, I don't know, man, no one's really dedicated to retail work like that, but I do resent the, like, three layers of excuses into lies into backup excuses. It went on for quite a long time. More, longer than was really plausible. Uh... It was impressive. It was impressive. At a certain point, it became, like, sitcom-level long, where, you know... Yeah, it's a story that starts in September. In any case, whether your macro center is in New York, Dallas, or any of the other places this chain presumably exists... I don't know. YouTube University exists. <laughs> try your hand. After all, people try to dictate their love lives based off things they learn on YouTube, so... At least your laptop is a bit less tied to your... God, why the fuck would you ever do that? <laughs> That's a great question, man. That is a great question. Why would you do anything based on what you learn from YouTube? I... <laughs> I mean, I shit talking a lot for how much of my day I spend on that fucking website, but I don't know, maybe because I am so familiar I can speak with authority. Familiarity grants authority, and more classically, familiarity breeds content. And I'm pretty familiar with both formats of the shows that we watch today. Uh, now that we are done with the Coriad, um, we can uh, we can move back to uh, we can move back to the sort of style of show that we were giving you folks uh, before we began that particular string of episodes, which is we're we're just going mm -hmm. back to. A couple of shows a week. Um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna get a, the lay of the land a bit, take the uh, temperature of the community, see if it's still running a high fucking fever for Isekai. Uh, and this week we've got one show from this season and one show kind of from this season. Uh, not actually from this season. Uh, we were looking at the season charts. What's hot right now is a shonen show called Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, which Denard actually. Uh, reviewed the manga very briefly during uh, one of our Purgatorio episodes. Uh, we've also got the return oh. of Quintessential Quintuplets. Now, I missed Quintessential Quintuplets the first time around, so I figured we should give it a chance now that it's returning. However, it didn't seem right to start with the second season, so we started with the first season. It's a you know, <laughs> kind of a show neither of us would ever really regularly watch, but... That seemed like a good enough reason to watch it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, there's a nice chaos factor to it, because there was an interesting thing when I was coming up of just sort of watching something because it was on. Which gave me maybe a bit more of a wider lay of the land than I tend to have in my uh, fixations these days. I think that was something of a universal thing when we were just, all we had was cable. Yeah. I, don't know, uh, I think which I was is the only a one strange of thing to think about. I think that was just me. That was only the Dale household. That was a Jamaican invention. It could very well be. 
I um just like heart disease. Didn't really start watching television until the rise of the uh, of the DVR, TVR, TV, I don't I know, whatever the, the hell that thing was called. It doesn't really exist so much anymore because we have streaming now. <laughs> yeah, now you sort of uh, clap your hands together and say, "Gaston, give it to me. Deliver me something micro. Give me the entertainment." Me. By 40 uh, executives, a $200 million studio, and a man's lifelong vision. All right, quintessential quintuplets. I appreciate one thing about quintessential quintuplets very much. What's that? Which is that it is a show in the rom-con genre that sucks, but is not transgressive and does not hate me. <laughs> so it was... um. <laughs> I want to start from the top. As I mentioned before, this was one of the shows returning for the winter season. And of the entries on that particular slate of shows that I had not yet checked out, mm-hmm. it was the only one that I had any interest in seeing. The other ones were shit like, yeah, is it wrong to pick up girls? In the jungle? Uh, I think the, the, we got the slime show coming back. Nope, fuck that. Same for ReZero. Fuck that too. Wait, maybe not ReZero. I feel like that already... Whatever. I don't know, a whole fuck ton of Isekai that I was absolutely... Yeah, you, we thought... You've listened e- to the episode at this point. You know why I'm not interested. We thought the um, Isekai thing was winding down a little, but I guess the dam was just building in the background. Well, all of the ones that people really fucking watched got renewed, and they all fucking hit this season like so many goddamn meteors. Ugh. So quintessential... Quintuplets. Uh, it, it was the only one that I had injury interest in seeing. And if I were an incel, maybe I'd have liked it more. <laughs> sorry, sorry, mean. Uh, if I were deeply insecure, maybe I'd have liked it more. No, no, no. It's it's no, the that's still mean. Thing. I'm gonna. Plant if my I were feet. wondering if I'd ever feel a woman's touch before my first gray hair, fuck, I keep doing it. I don't know Sam, why I'm Sam, being Sam. such a bitch right now. Let I didn't even hate Denar this Dale, thing. our maturity associate, step in. I mean, if I did not I, like it. During every wedding I had ever sat through, thought about standing up and belt-firing machine gun <laughs> clips into the bride, the bridesmaids, and the brides again, I think that I would enjoy one or two episodes of quintessential quintuplets. See, weddings and music festivals are those two things that basically everyone I know has been to except me. Ah... Well, let me tell you, the charming thing about the wedding is that you can detect a certain breed of radioactive salt from the back right corner of the room as someone just furiously scribes the words roasties into a cell phone word processor. (laughs) (laughs) And they might go home and watch a harem show. Which is not to say that this is that breed of, like, transgressive, but rather that it is marketed towards the aching emotional vacancy. Yeah, I want... It, it, it's just shame. I wanted to like it. You know, I'd heard that it was a quality entry in the harem genre, uh, that it actually bothered to have a cast of characters rather than just a cast of character designs, and Lord knows that is a problem <laughs> that quite a few anime I could name for you uh, face. See. In this day and age. And I guess it does have a cast of characters. Uh, but that does not necessarily mean that it has a cast of interesting characters. No. In fact, the more not. I learned about a few of them, the less interesting they became. Uh, as you were saying, that's kind of the Amon problem. That is true. Uh, in fact, in terms of expectations versus delivery on this one, 
it mm-hmm. might actually at some point be worth doing some kind of like cross medium review because this thing won a Kodansha award in its manga. It fucking iteration. Huh. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah, I have a number of days off coming up for the holidays, so maybe instead of you know doing what you're supposed to do <laughs> over the holidays and you know spend time with family, I mean, I can't, I've got an excuse. I'll uh, I'll just read fucking horror manga like the stupid fucking degenerate I am. It's a. I think it's what the Christmas season is really about. It's either that or just throwing third world manufactured products at your loved ones. And I think that my soul can sit easier with trash manga. The trash manga, you know, it's it's safe. Very true, very true. So I'm not just here uh, to take pot shots or make hot takes. The premise of quintessential quintuplets, I'm going to be calling it QQ or Q2 for the Code GS reference. Uh, is you've got this overly serious star student uh, from a poor background. His name is Usugi, I believe, who gets hired to tutor quintuplets who all suck at school. This is basically, mm-hmm. I think, the premise of what was it called? We never learn. Except yeah, it's the like we never learn. Uh, I read the manga for that Shonen Jump episode. Uh, this sucks less than we never learn. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> You know, what else could you want? Uh, and uh, there's this flash forward, right, where it's shown that uh, he marries one of these five quintuplets. Uh, and they even show you her face and everything, and it's kind of funny because it doesn't matter because they're all identical, so who yeah. knows. Uh, and his hooks go, this one is not bad. Uh, it also promises not to do that fucking thing that weeb shit so often does, where they'll spend the whole series teasing romantic pairings, and then the series ends with an episode where the fucking token 12-year-old runs away to Sendai or something, and they have Christ. to go find her. Uh, this is a form of stupid anime bullshit, and you get points for not doing it. So, Q2, I, I think, gets points for not doing that. I mean, to be certain, it has one of those premises that could really only exist in fiction and then again only in anime. But from the get-go, I'm willing to accept all of it. The problem being that uh, the premise is really the only interesting thing about this show. I will give it points for having that hovering, maybe, tension of fucking who ends up in the bridesmaid's dress. It does not remove the show from the sort of deep-seated failure category for me. I don't know. I guess I would call it a failure that does not inspire hatred. It doesn't really inspire much of anything. Which, it maybe uh, inspires me laughing every time one of the five primary women comes on frame. Not from a joke the show made, because the joke hit right here is pretty damn low. It's but pretty because low. everyone... I understand the idea that in, you know, romantic comics, there's sort of an... Sort of trying to look at someone's, like, idealized form where you want the audience to glom font them, or maybe even want people to J.O. to it. Maybe that's a goal. Oh, were you about to talk about their tits? Dude. We're about to fucking talk about their tits, the aren't we? The fucking broadside cannons everyone <laughs> on this show has. <laughs> this is what we've fucking become. We've become fucking Howard Stern. <laughs> It's fucking distracting, man. I can't. It's like, yeah, no character design wise. There, you know, there were very bold choices made, very bold pronounced choices that you're <laughs> they're gonna knock both of your fucking eyes out. And I guess the reason that I bring it up is that it sort of made me think about escalation, like Jim Gordon and Batman on a roof talking about escalation. <laughs> 
that Khrushchev sweating bullets as new types of missile get made. And when I was a kid, the fucking Coomer harem standard was Tenchi Muyo, which at this point, I think looks like that meme where people hold hands and they blur it out. <laughs> Compared to fucking Gaia and company wobbling out here. Oh, it's sort of like how at Woodstock, the weed that they were smoking was so much comparatively weaker to the weed that people smoke today <laughs> that you'd barely even feel it. Exacto fucking mundo. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything interesting to say about this other than just, you know, list off, you know, a couple of different terms for, you know, memories. Gazangas, McGuppies, sweater pots. I... There's no joke to be made. They just all, there's just all five of them are just fucking distractingly stacked. It's a, I don't know if it was a great idea for the character design. It was certainly a bold choice. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to move on from what's on the outside of these characters. Mm-hmm. To what's on the inside, which is probably a good idea. <laughs> one trait per person, I guess. Yeah, there's um, there's some character writing on this show. It's not a lot, but there, there, there is some. You you can identify each one by you know their hairstyle and their personality traits. It's like their hairstyle and what kind of wish are they fulfilling. Like, you have, you know, the dream of the fucking nerd waifu of the girl who is sort of like a less funny version of Gakuto. In that she just has a very narrow historical interest. Sure, okay, word, word. I was, I was trying I, to connect the dots there just now. Yeah, just no social skills, narrow historical interest. She seems to be the first one to earnestly sign on to the waifudom tree of overtly liking the main character or whatever the fuck. Or something, yes. And then there's... <laughs> I believe you called her Gul'dan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that's rooted, very, very deeply rooted in a layers deep reference to an ironic gag based on a trailer for a thing that neither of us even play anymore. What's important is that Interacting with this girl would be difficult in more than difficult 10 is seconds. The word. Yes. Let alone marrying her, a situation I can only imagine <laughs> leads to him just having one of those embolisms that fills one's right eye with blood and you just walk around the rest of your life like that. She also poisons him. <laughs> She fucking poisons him, which yeah, I really enjoyed because that was for me. Was the, that the, the humorous high point of the uh, of you know what we watched of this show, or was it when it was his little sister? I actually think his little sister, his little sister <laughs> provides at least two of what whatever the three funniest gags are. I don't know what the third one is, but two of the three funniest gags on this show for certain. For my money, the third funniest gag. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a little. It wasn't a little sister beat for once, and for this to be funny, you have to just sort of accept the show's premise that this tutor is tutoring five rich hot girls, whatever. 
like once you just sort of accept that as a fact pattern, the joke where it switches to this Renaissance style portrait of him surrounded by angels, <laughs> like set up aside, I can appreciate that as a punchline to that. I think yes, if I liked this show, then I would have liked that joke better. Uh, if there's one interesting note about this particular character, it's that he's too serious to be horny, mm-hmm. which is yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's kind of clever right there. Anytime the the topic comes up, he's just like, "Would you fucking stop it?" This is one of the reasons, by the way, I say that this sucks a little less than we never learn, because half of the reaction fucking shots of We Never Learn are the main character just sort of looking at us level and going, really? <laughs> You just get to see Auga, an erection Auga. in the form of a facial expression, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactamundo. No, this this mostly is just... Unfortunately, it's just... It's not there. It's, it's not very funny. Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, the humor format that they went with is primarily dialogue-based, because, mm. Jesus, it feels like they gave Tezuka Productions, like, $300 and a pat on the back to make this thing. So what other fucking choice did they have? Animation gags? <laughs> no, those are for rich kids. Uh, anyway, dialogue humor. I've seen it work. Bunny Girl Senpais. Uh, of course, the golden standard these days, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the various monogatari's. But, uh, Usugi's stiffness, while occasionally funny, is... Just kind of no substitute for uh, Sakata's wit and his chemistry with Mai. Uh, there really does not exist any such chemistry between Q2's hero and its five heroines. I mean, they tried with that bit about the you know pouty headphones girl that Animes loves and her thing with uh, the Sengoku generals, but none of those conversations are particularly interesting, let alone funny. It's this quiet show, and I don't necessarily mind quiet shows, but it needs to uh, kind of needs to maintain your interest, and it just never uh, bothers to to do that so much. It occurs to me that I'm going to assume just because it has two fucking Kodansha awards, or maybe Does one award up? and one nomination. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe, maybe it picks I up. have been very unfair here. Maybe there's just something that I'm not getting. I'm guessing though that. At least the art must be better to be carrying that award around. So th- I mean, like I said, three hundred bucks and a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah, that's a very uh, thanks for showing up kind of animation endeavor. I don't know how many North Koreans they had, but it was less than sixteen. <laughs> or I don't know, maybe they made a budget mistake and animated this in a country of rights. Wow, I felt myself sink a little there. So, <laughs> Many North Koreans died to bring you this animation. Yep. So something that this thing leans on a lot. And so did We Never Learn. This is also basically a review of We Never Learn. Like, We Never Learn is like this, but they're not related. <laughs> and the dialogue's worse. And the dialogue's worse, and it's less funny. But... And it I makes am you angry. immune to fucking heroic rom-com speeches at this point. Oh yeah, that that was kind of a an element that existed and I forgot about it because it was forgettable. Like once an episode this guy will stand up and say, I really believe in teaching you algebra. And, and I'm just here, who the fuck are you? <laughs> are you on fucking shrooms I don't right care. now? <laughs> How important is this to you? That accusations of sexual harassment that are 
accurate to inaccurate, that you're willing to just put it all on the line to just teach these five bottle redheads <laughs> to read. And clearly one of them is a bottle something, because they all have slightly different colors of hair. So someone's someone's been fucking around with the manic panic. Yep. Yep. Speaking of things that offend me or others, this show mm-hmm. committed by a minor cardinal sin in that... What's that? It made me think of slur. There's an old Louis C.K. bit about this, about how just saying the N-word is worse because you just make other people fucking think it. <laughs> this is back when a Louis C.K. was alive. This show had a bit where all of your scores add up to 100. So if you work together, all of you who got different questions right can get 100. And it made me think words about mental conditions that are not kind. (laughs) Different levels of ability, perhaps. Different levels of ability. Perhaps something someone would shout on Town or Red Scare. <laughs> but now I guess I just know where the fucking Weeaboo Hell standard is. Uh, speaking of offensive, uh, I want to sort of back up a little bit. Talk less about Q2 in particular and more about the, the harm genre in abstract. Uh, which is this kind of thing that I noticed, hap- or I guess didn't notice, or noticed not happening. Uh-huh. Which is, I don't... So for this show, right, for this conversation that we're having about this show, I don't necessarily think that the, um... What do I, what do I call it? The core conceit of the harem genre really bears that much conversation. Like, we all kind of... We all kind of know, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it feels like there's this kind of uneasy truce here between fans of the genre and its potential critics, where the latter are like, not in the house of my father, you weird <laughs> motherfuckers. You do your sex fantasy thing over there where I don't have to look at you or think about you. And if you do that, then you don't have to see that fucking think piece you've been dreading showing up on Kotaku because we both know that that'd be the Gulf of Tonkin right there. No one wants that shit again. We went from a game about sad dots to Milo Yiannopoulos calling for civil war on Parlor. The two houses unalike in dignity thing that hovers over this. It, and it makes me wonder, because fantasies of some kind of fulfillment embody a lot of, lot of other fiction I will try to play ball with, right? So I, I like to think I'm not immune to this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I know what it's like to be alone and think way too much about it, because, I don't know, I've been 19... I have also been 19. I'm not even going to claim that I have not watched, you know, a harem anime in my time or two and enjoyed it and perhaps even indulged in the fantasy just a little bit. If, you know, the, the, the more, you know, romantic side of the fantasy rather than the, you know, um, boner part of the fantasy. But if uh, I could be really self-indulgent mm-hmm. as a consumer or critic. I think different movements and mediums sort of tend to build standards within themselves. Sure, yeah. Take, for example, in music, there are just some genres where it's not like 
there's something inherent to the form where you have to be more technical or more brash by default, but there's a ex- minimum expectation before people even sort of fuck with you. Oh, sort of like how in punk music, there's this idea that you don't need to have to play, even though there are plenty of punk bands that are really great with the musicianship and shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm really glad band. Hardcore got over that shit. Now, I really think that Harem is sort of stuck on a way less rebellious version of Three Chords and the Truth. Like, I don't know if you call it, like, Three Holes and the Truth or something, but it's... I, I don't know how the fuck you rebel in a Harem anime without... I don't know, fucking including some NTR shit or something. I don't know how you fucking yeah, yeah. do it. it. It's like, not about rebellion, but I I think that... Where can you go with harm? <laughs> but, but, but I guess what I'm trying to get is their belief is, like, if we can design this waifu, get that shimmy in, and just pull that part of the soul that is not being fulfilled by whatever in fucking modernity, then the show's a winner. It's just such a fucking rigid format the more that i think about it again once you get past all the stuff that i was talking about where just don't don't think about how fucking weird this all is or the fucking politics but just don't do that to yourself don't do that to like i said unspoken uneasy truths don't fucking do it it's not worth it it's just it's just not fucking worth it i think once you get past all that there are so many fucking stations of the canon that you have to adhere to basically every single time with every single entry such to the point that I'm not going to say that if you've seen one harm anime, you've seen them all, but good God, are they all built of the same parts? I am sure that someone has done some wild shit. I would appreciate at some point, but for some reason, the, the audience is well trained enough that the the bars and so many elements like I think it just hurts this genre, which is prevalent, and therefore hurts the medium as a whole, that there is this tacit agreement that if a harem show does like these three elements out of the I don't know, ninety-nine theses that comprise a story or a show, right? Fuck <laughs> everything else, right? Like Maybe I don't know, maybe you could get weird with it. Maybe we could be equal... I'm just thinking that we could be equally self-indulgent and, I don't know, maybe it has a fucking SNL density of punchlines, or maybe it's a fucking harem show where every fight scene has the fucking fidelity of Sword of the Stranger or something. Just put some element outside the box and also think about that. Because right now, so many of these just exist... With waifus, you know? Yeah, no. I, I see what you're saying. It's Right now, we're sort of getting into that sort of dangerous territory of let's see you do better. Almost inviting it. Almost. But I get what you're saying. There's, um... It's not a genre that innovates too often. If this is, in fact, innovation right here. And, you know, I've heard people who like this show say that it is then oh man it's not the best foot forward yeah so we were talking about animation earlier yeah um and and i and i mentioned that they did this show on a budget yeah uh and i'm gonna cut it some slack for that in the areas that are applicable uh because the world really 
uh, Trigger and Cromartie High School before it have both shown us how to turn money problems into gags. <laughs> and yeah, fine. This is not meant to be the fucking caffeine sugar rush that was Kill a Kill, nor the fever dream that was Cromartie. But damn, if this does not suffer from PRT syndrome. Uh, that's uh, people in a room talking. <laughs> it is a serious but treatable condition, and Oran Host Club is proof that you can live a normal, prosperous life even after your diagnosis. Yeah, Oran uh, Host Club, it, it varied the background document a lot, and boy, did it find some weird roads to... No, maybe, maybe I'm not being fair. Like, they go to the festival in that one episode. Uh, that's not a room. That it's a festival. That's not a room. That's people uh, but, at a festival talking. But, Don't you enjoy that? But Jesus, then headphones girl needs to go for a ride on Starchy Boy's back. So it has been. <laughs> so shall it be always. <laughs> uh, and I think that brings me to what Q2's biggest problem is, which we were literally just talking about a second ago. Which mm-hmm. is, it's a walk-in closet full of old hats. Every single part that it's built from is old and tired. And if you're going to make a harm show after close to 30 years of harm shows, then you have to use those parts to do something more interesting. But they don't. It's immensely safe, and that's kind of boring. Like, if you live for this shit, if you really fucking go for harm anime, I'm sure it'll be a soft, warm feather bed of a show for you. But it mostly just reminded me of why I don't watch this shit anymore. Watching a show with this many old hats stacked on each other like a fucking helmet is always weird for me because it feels like someone I know wearing a mask sitting next to me on the bus and pretending I don't know it's them. (laughs) (laughs) And that gives me a feeling like they are going to kill me. (laughs) I definitely do not worry that this show is going to kill me, so that's nice. (laughs) Oh, man. It's just, it, 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 it's more the feeling of just, you know, that coworker that you don't necessarily have a problem with, but you really are not in the mood for talking to them today off the clock. And here they come. They're sitting down right across from you at the break room, and they look like they've got something they want to fucking talk about. And you're just, you know, you've got some yeah. social exhaustion from the last couple of days at work, and you're just not fucking into it right now. I just please, I, I don't want to tell you to shut the fuck up right now. Please don't tell me. Don't make me tell you to shut the fuck up. Every time I hear some kind of word for exhaustion, any category paired with work, I kind of just wonder who has to die for the fucking four-day work week to go through. <sighs> Lots of people. A lot, a lot of people are going to need to die because they will die before we get it. The die is cast. <laughs> All right. So, um, other than uh, me advocating various forms of insurrection, that's I think all I have to talk about uh, vis-a-vis the quintessential quintuplets. How about you? <sighs> Hold on, I'm going to check. My notes, which, believe it or not, people, I know I'm the more improvisational of the pair, but they do exist. Ah, uh, yes, I just wrote down the words, all of this has happened and all of this will happen again, which I okay, think feeds so, into the previous point. Yes, we'll make long. our Valstar Galactica joke, and then we'll move on. <laughs> Alright, so, show number two seems to be the, uh, I was gonna say sleeper hit, but I think it's just a normal type of 
hit I think it's people. just a hit. People are watching it. People are talking about it. it I if if I talk to one of my you know work friends and he tells me that he's been watching this one anime, it's a hit. That is an excellent way of putting it. So yeah, it's uh, it's fucking Jujutsu Kaisen, right? And for those of you uh, not plugged into what's going on with the Joneses, this is essentially. I don't know, people just sort of drift towards one battle manga more than the others in any given cycle, and this is our current... Uh, this is it. The question becomes, okay, you guys liked Demon Slayer a lot. Did this hit that note for you? I was I was going to say more, more Bleach than anything else. Oh, I mean, I'm talking most recent success. I mean, Jujutsu Kaisen, content-wise, compares way more directly to fucking Bleach. It has this thing that I am neutral towards and Sam's eyes sort of have started drifting to the back of his head where it is our world, comma, but in terms of how it treats the oh, fantasy oh, I, thing. I have a whole fucking thing. I've gotten ready for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to start, just to begin, this series gets a passing grade. I believe I am 25% of a person who would absolutely love this show. Uh, I think more about it works than doesn't. Uh, and if shit like this is your jam, then you will probably find it to be a really solid entry in this particular genre. The issue, though, is that I don't really like this particular genre, as Denard was alluding to. <laughs> um, and this genre, just so we're clear, is the it's modern-day Japan, except there's this hidden supernatural element that most people don't know about. And you better believe I dreamed up this whole magic system and taxonomy with all sorts of rules and power levels. Let me just uh, have this one character recite the series Bible to you. Or, for, for brevity's sake, we could just call it Shonen Urban Fantasy. Uh, these are your Noragamis, Blue Exorcist, Twin Star Exorcist, your Bleaches, uh, Busar Rankins, and Kaze no Stigmas, if you want to throwback. There are other examples, and the only two I ever really got anything out of were, of course, JoJo and Yu Yu Hakusho, mm-hmm. of course. And I think the reason that I never really got on board with this genre is that it asks you to find its breaks from reality more interesting than I ultimately do. Uh, usually you're bombarded with more exposition than you even get from a fantasy or sci-fi story that's even more removed from the real world. And everything behind that exposition, uh, this is the threat that the protagonists face, this is the magic system, uh, and as described, it doesn't feel like magic, it feels like Magic the Gathering. And everything behind the exposition just feels like a chore. Something I have to memorize that never actually offers me any real immersion because of how wordy and silly it all ends up being. Well, I don't think it's that bad. Like, sometimes, you know, it's a little artful. Like, it tells you, you know, you need to tap three mana to Glamjor the Flimjowl. Then you get three Vrangs, and each Vrang can convert into a meta Vrang. And that's why you have to go to high school here. Yeah, I think... The mark of a good magic system, by the way, is how much you can just intuitively understand it. Just how... Let's give one or two examples here. We just got done with Korra, so let's talk about bending. You do not need to talk about bending for very long before a person who is watching this show understands how it works. I do martial arts... And it makes water move. Oh, yeah. Bending is a 13-second cell, and everything that comes out of it is sort of intuitively built. It never necessarily feels like the bus is stopping outside of a fucking, I don't know, a safari exhibit, and they're explaining to you how these particular monkeys make simple tools out of bamboo. Exactly. And then there's there's other, other systems, too. Just really fucking easy to 
wrap your head around. The Force. You know, you concentrate, you be at peace with yourself, kind of like new agey sort of shit. You can make shit move. Uh, sometimes, if you're the bad kind of at peace with yourself, you can shoot lightning from your hands, like Metropolis. Here's an interesting example. This is sort of based on someone else's analysis. Mm-hmm. And what's really weird about it is that evidently they don't explain it that well within the Dragon Ball thing itself. But to hear it told by that Plague of Gripes guy who also does all the weird hentai shit, right? The way the fucking power level thing actually works is just you can influence things that are like at equal or lower power level, like fucking hardness. I guess what I'm saying is that even that dumb fuckery, there's like a glompable engine underneath it. Yeah, I think the most complicated a magic system ever got, uh, but still was intuitive and, like you said, glompable, uh, grokable, that sort of thing, uh, is uh, alchemy, right? Mm-hmm. It's understood to be a science, but at the end of the day, it's here is this thing, I'm going to turn it into another thing. And, yeah, there's a whole bunch of you know, math or something involved, but you don't actually have to understand that math to understand how this works. I have thing A, I'm going to turn it into thing B. It can never be anything less or more. Thing A needs to more or less equal thing B. Uh, They describe it to you real early on, equivalent exchange, and from then on, you more or less have a pretty good understanding of how it works. For example, in order to convert the fandom boost of an early anime signing, you might sacrifice getting a coherent ending in your first run. And then you will go on a long quest to finish your manga and, after defeating Father, build a nicer series. (laughs) Uh, I guess my point is that I hold on to no resentments in this life. So Jujutsu Kaisen's thing... Not for that. Is not for uh, not for Full Metal Alchemist. Sort of full, never yeah. for Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> it's sort of just full of little explanations of how people use their spiritual energy or whatever fucking key is called this week, and that's not terribly done compared to some other things I've seen. No, it's not the worst. It's not Noragami. Noragami was fucking garbage, and it was garbage about this too. All right, so this is. Kind of a strange review for me, because this is an action fantasy thing where I think the action is okay, and I'm sort of on my phone during the fantasy, but it's not literally on my phone, I have dignity as a fucking critic, but I think what tends to sort of elevate this show is that it has a charm. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny, it has a simple, well-drawn protagonist. That is how it actually kept my interest, is that it's funny. The dialogue gags are all really well-written and well-delivered. There, There's some fun, really well-executed animation gags, too. Honest to God, I think MAPPA deserves a whole ton of credit for their work on this thing. I mean, in the hands of a lesser studio, I think Jujutsu Kaisen would have been completely forgettable. But uh, Sung-Hoo Park is his name, uh, who also directed uh, God of uh, High School. Paces it out real nicely. Uh, he balances the interest curve such that none of it ever feels like a slog. And there's always something entertaining happening in pretty much every scene. Yeah, yeah. MAPPA definitely uh, put in work and This was their well. fucking year, by the way. Holy shit. Oh, I believe they are cackling maniacally into a growing pile of money. Mm. 
I'm going to be watching Mr. Park's career with great interest from here on out because I think he's going to end up directing a bona fide fucking classic at some point very soon if God of High School doesn't already qualify. Uh, he managed to turn some honestly pretty pedestrian material into a really fun time, and I would not mind watching all of this thing. Like, I could do it. I think that God of High School's um, sanity issues in the last four or so episodes might take it out of the classic. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a weird show. I mean, what happened is they basically just signed on to adapt the first half of this eternal webtoon thing, which turns out meant a gajillion chapters. <laughs> Oh no! And it's it's I don't know, it's it's not a fucking gecko I mean, ending. In the but process, it's... they animated some of the best fight scenes I've seen in years. That is true. That is true. And the the, the individual like squared off arena fight scenes are fucking great. Mwah. But it is I don't usually like tournament arcs, but it fucking ruled. All right, here's here's how I'll describe the fucking God of High School's fucking. Plus and minus problem here. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, Jujutsu Kaisen. You're getting fucking NTR. It right is now. getting NTR'd. I fucking <laughs> love watching the fights of God of High School, but the show's like arrangement of the plots. It's like its own fucking YouTube highlight reel of the coolest fight scenes in a long running show. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no, they fit it into fucking, what, 14 episodes? Yeah. I'm going to. Stop making out with someone in front of Jujutsu Kaisen and get get back to lawyer. Like, I guess I might not actually have that much more to say about this mother because oh, basic premise which we kind of skipped over just now. Uh, okay, so there's a shonen uh, shonen urban fantasy setting uh, and a dude who's you know just pretty good at stuff for some reason uh, ends up injecting himself with shonen urban fantasy stuff uh which means that uh the people who are in on the shonen urban fantasy stuff uh need to kill him eventually but not until they've collected all the dragon balls uh there we go uh, that was amazingly fucking flippant just now but it is not inaccurate anything that i said the dash of flavor on this for them is that he has to eat the uh dragon balls which are the pieces of a demon named Sukuna, who, as far as I can tell, is a joking man, and... Oh, he's, uh, he has a few things to say about, uh, the society and whether or not we live in it. Yeah, yeah, Sukuna, so Sukuna's doing his old joking man thing, and to prevent the world from getting joking man, he needs to eat all the pieces of the joking man. But it gives him a dark side. Should he tap into it to survive? Well... If anything... Made me think. Hey, wait a second, Bleach. It was uh, it was it was definitely that right there. I mean, I know that the whole super powered evil thing is well trod ground, and has appeared in things before and after Bleach. But it it did make me think a whole lot about. Bleach. I think there's a certain texture and flavor of it that I think Bleach just injected into the forefront of people's minds. Could very well be. And yeah. I think it sort of colors the way that a lot of subsequent shit has done it, so I think it's a fair fucking comparison. Alright, yeah, that's cool. I feel vindicated now. Yeah. Uh, so, Yuji, this protagonist, right? His pink hair looks real fucking dumb, but as a protagonist, he lives in that in this really nice Goldilocks zone, I think, where the elements of his character all achieve a sort of closest without going over quality to them. Uh, he's kind of thick, but he's not an idiot. 
Uh, he's noticeably spirited, but he's not a self-parody. And for whatever reason, he has minor superpowers even before all the supernatural elements are introduced. That this is never explained, really, is uh, treated as something of a gag. Uh, as other characters do not so much shill him as they do wonder, with the viewer, why the fuck this guy is capable of the things he is. Uh, and this is good storytelling efficiency, I think. Like, they wanted to avoid having Yuji start out as some chump because that ground has been tread so hard it's canyon now. Mm. But at the same time, they're very quick to tell you that he's no chosen one or anything. That ground is now Lake Superior. So I think it is the series' way of getting to the fun and game is a little bit quicker. And because we've yeah, all been here before, it's not such a huge ask. I'm for it. I'm particularly fond of the uh, thick but not an idiot thing because... Maybe it's just because I just came right out of Korra. <laughs> and maybe it's the terminal fucking ass pain that I felt at her inability to walk and chew bubblegum without choking on the bubblegum. We step off the ship of fools to terra firma and kiss the ground. There's some jokes at the expense of him going, wait, I don't quite get it yet, but he's not making terrible boneheaded decisions at every point. And, in fact, in that sort of, uh, I don't know, Pollyanna kind of way, his thickness leads to him making fucking heroic choices that other people might yeah, say. Yeah, he's, he's a good dude. You could admire him. You you end up liking him. There's he's uh, Yeah, and I guess that's the important they, thing. They don't do that thing with, with anime protagonists or shonen protagonists where he'll have this weird fucking ideal or whatever that he's super the fuck into to the exclusion of the rest of her personality and it just makes him real fucking off-putting uh yes the anime cyborg just a man somewhat yeah stomping like through the snow whispering the word friendship <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a strange place it's, it's it happens way more often i think they do it so that you do not forget who this character is because they're otherwise very bland. So the, the mangaka will just sort of spin a little wheel and whatever strange ideal that they land on, that will be the character's trait. Uh, and sometimes this is done in a way that's pretty all right. Like Arakawa under the bridge was really good, I thought. And mm -hmm. the whole thing with the main character is that he just lived by this code of never put yourself in debt to anyone. Uh, and, and that was just his main fucking thing right there. Uh, but usually you will just fucking find, you know, some goddamn shonen protagonist in whatever fucking genre of shonen will just have this one thing that, you know, kind of a little bit sets him apart from a completely featureless asshole. Uh, but really it just highlights how boring he is otherwise. When I see that kind of thing, it, it goes back to like scenes having features. Like there's nothing about a... I don't know, young boy targeted action thing where you necessarily have to or not do that, but they're all in the scene. They're all think breakdowns. <laughs> oh man, everything having breakdowns. That joke even ages me. God, I'm fucking dying. Uh, yeah. So it, I, so it goes, so it goes. Let's see. Like I said, like I've been telling you, I'll just fucking wake up in pain for no reason. <laughs> Got any uh, design notes? Seems to be a mixed bag overall. Like I like, I like the look of people overall. There are some things. Well, the design's fine. There's some things that are a little too, I don't know, bleachcore. Like the fucking blindfold guy. I just feel like. Well, he he seems more like Kakashi than anything else. 
I don't. I, I think that is specifically who he was supposed to be evoking. Now that I think about it. Well, I do hope he enjoys his large amounts of money. <laughs> I think if I have one problem with this show, uh, it is that the elements that are primary to its promise, specifically the action scenes and the supernatural bumper jumbo, uh, really just don't shine that bright. Uh, the humor and character moments were my favorite parts of this show, and while they kept me watching. I couldn't help but think that they should have been a l- more of a more of a bonus, I guess, than my primary reason for being here. Again, this may it's, have more to do with how little interest I have in this particular genre, but I just well, wanted to put it out there. I give this particular genre a little more rope just because I've loved one or two things within it. Honestly, I'm in this sort of same place where I wasn't that drawn in by the fantasies of which is a problem for a fantasy thing. Like, maybe that's honestly a great compliment to its fucking humor sensibility. That's what I'm saying. Just, they do all of the side elements in this show so amazingly well that it almost does the show a disservice by highlighting just how, yeah, okay, the uh, the primary elements are. Ironically, these two shows today kind of make a fun comparison pair because there's one thing where I'm just going to assume it perfectly check off people's waifu buttons because fucking Kodan show award but it does not bother to do anything fucking else and one show that sort of slept through class on what's supposed to be it's like genre anchor and I'm still okay with it because it can manage other things and I think it teaches us the importance of sort of filling in the uh, the details here yes Here's the thing, it's not like the fight scenes suck or anything. Like, Yuji bursting in through the window uh, in that one scene. I think that was, uh, it was cool, and I think it was supposed to be, like, the oh shit moment. Like, the oh shit, this is why I'm watching moment. Sort of, you know, your your, your colossal titan kicking in the wall, right? That sort of thing. Yeah. And it certainly was pretty cool, but... I don't know, maybe I'm spoiled. Maybe I'm spoiled by the shit that Sung-Hu Park did earlier this year where the oh shit moment was that fucking bike chase and if a certain sequence from attack on titan takes until january for the anime to catch up to it the bike chase from god of high school is going to end up being my favorite action sequence from an anime oh this is this year. the aot fan cast again we're gonna try to keep it from being that <laughs> yeah sorry this is not an aot fan cast nor is it a god of high school fan cast as much as i fucking adored both shows Man, maybe the landscape has elevated itself to weeaboo purgatory. Maybe things are okay in aggregate. I mean, they're always okay in aggregate. I just really wish I didn't see 17 isekai on every season chart. I I don't think that they're okay in aggregate. I would call them... I would call them below average in aggregate. Sort of like how... The past month and a half has proved that America is center-right in aggregate. Not far-right, not center, not anywhere to the left. Center-right, which is not a place that I love. Center-right. And Isekai is not a place that I love anime to be more or less as an average, as a sort of this is the era in which we live. Center-right. What a terrifying international relations default. Ugh. All right, so side characters. Side characters. Uh, the dude with black hair, he's definitely present. Uh, he's in this show. I think his name is Fushiguro. I look at this dude. 
and I just imagine him slowly fading from season to season. Out of the three of them, I guess someone had to have the least personality, and he just fucking drew that lot. Uh, Nobara, right? Their third member of the group. I like her. I found I found her immediately memorable. Hey, everyone. So we had a little technical flub just now, but I just got a fucking invitation to a live music event, and I fucking hate all of you. What in the fucking... No! Jesus fucking... What? And when I say live fucking music event, I mean, like, it's fucking... Oh, it's now at the height of the pandemic. That's cool. The term super spreader gets thrown around a lot. Jesus fucking Christ. So, uh, if anyone you know in fucking, I don't know, Brooklyn or Queens bites it, I guess I know who's responsible. Sorry about that shit. We know why. Okay. Are you excited for right, so, uh, so, live so back music? To, I think it was Nobara. Boutique we vendors. No bar, right? Art installations. What about art installations? I'm listing off the features of this event. No, yeah, no, fuck all of this. All right, so yeah, um, Nobara, yeah, that girl, yeah, she's yeah, she's got a charm. She's. I I have this sneaking admiration for a character who shows just immediate naked contempt for another character, and that is definitely how I would characterize Nobara's first interactions with Yuji. I think they super overthought her um like power curse. I think it's called a curse. Whatever the thing with the nails. Like I definitely get it, but instead of feeling creative, it lands to the right of that. Like at interesting. I think there's a thing with secondary fucking characters in like this fucking show in an urban fantasy kind of thing, where they are terrified of ending up with like a boring power in a core secondary cast member who they're stuck with forever. <laughs> The shadow of Hierophant Green haunts this genre forever. Yeah, just like just sweating bullets. <laughs> so they, yeah, so they overthink it and come up with something strange and obtuse. Obtuse. Ob- that is the word that I would personally. Use. I prefer Yu Yu Hakusho's solution, which is when you get bored of their power set, just slap some new shit on there. <laughs> like remember, Karama came out and just started shaping. Like, sure, fine. Yeah, I can do this now. I mean, just at the outset, it's just like, hey, Yusuke, I can't have a fire sword now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, cool. Rock it along. Well, we'll do this. We'll rock with this. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I fucking love that show. I might go back and watch it again or watch, you know, an arc from it again. Yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho has a lot of charm, and I would watch Hunter x Hunter if the creator showed any sign of ever finishing it and otherwise I'm not doing that shit to myself I don't think I'm going to invest my time in a show or manga or whatever that has no interest in ending yeah just uh, just a quick you know moment of silence here so that the uh, so that we can yet let the one piece stands yell into their microphone you know at a podcast man at least that shit updates it does update uh, and it is good or so I hear <laughs> And only here. We could do a One Piece episode if you want to do a fucking, like, Clockwork Orange taped open. I do other things. You know, I I cook for myself. I go on walks. I drink occasionally. I don't think you can do any of these things except maybe drink if you are into One Piece. (laughs) 
Oh, right. Uh, should I just add Eat It Rubber Friends to our list of slogans? I guess Eat It Rubber Friends. <laughs> you and I are enemies now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. My favorite thing is how arbitrary this one is. <laughs> All right. So, uh, second Rubber Friends, uh, Fruits Up. It's like getting bored in civilization and then starting a war for no reason. <laughs> Hold on. Let's draw some more lines to the sand. Uh, fruits are a lame way to deliver superpowers. Yeah, fuck that. You like fruits, fuck you. Yeah, Ugh. the art got better, but I still have to read the first 15 chapters and miss me of that noise. <laughs> oh, it's okay, we love all our rubber friends. We love all of our rubber friends. This has been Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. Oh, um, just because I didn't say my fucking opinion, Jujutsu Kaisen's, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay I got bored, though. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, it's like, if you like it, then that's perfectly fine. Yeah. I do not think any less of you the way that if you liked something like, I don't know, uh, Interspecies Reviewers, I absolutely think less of you. Um, By the way, because unless we... Same goes for, actually, same goes for quintessential quintuplets. I am absolutely not, nor will I ever be the sort of person who would like this, but if you liked it, fine. fine. I can see a universe where I got into a version of Jujutsu of a stronger fantasy axis, but whatever. By the way, because... Unless we hate ourselves, this is our last episode before Christmas proper. I just want to say what the holidays are about to me. If you are in the executive branch, I hope you drown and come. I really do hope that you drown and come. And happy holidays, everyone. Jingle jangle. <laughs> <laughs>